This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast podcast. Best bits from Tuesday, October the 17th. John Casey was in. Who's John? He's the general manager of Virtue Zone Accounting and Tax. Uh, which, yeah, you're right, uh, is part of VirtuZone, but it's a new part of VirtuZone. It's their new tax department as well. He was in to help launch uh, a new series of Tax Tuesday interviews uh, where we will be talking to VirtuZone about their new initiatives to support small and medium-sized businesses here in the UAE in adapting to the newly implemented corporate tax regulations. Frederick Maris is head of the EMEA region for Zoom Video Communications, obviously Zoom, uh, the word that became a verb during the lockdowns uh, of COVID-19. But uh, what about life post-COVID? Now, that was a question that uh, our producer, Mohamed Suleiman, put to Frederick uh, when they met up at uh, Jitex Global 2023. Also joining us a little earlier was Natalia Saikova, the Managing Director of Integra 7. Now, they have just released their latest reports. It's in association with the friends at WAMDA. Uh, first of its kind, if you like, the State of Tech Talent in Dubai report, which basically looks at the demand uh, for tech professionals here in the region. Uh, the uh, supply and demand issues that could be arising as a result of that and where this talent is coming for. It's also looking at the the idea that Dubai has already become something of a a hub uh, for tech talent here in the region. Uh, Plus, what else was discussed? Brandy and myself uh, in studio, Richard and Wei. So Chinese GDP was uh, on the table for discussion. That's because the latest numbers out of China. There was also uh, the latest inflationary data coming out. We asked uh, Jeanne and all the team at EMBD for their thoughts on that. That's all right here on the Bite Size Business Breakfast Podcast. Turn your attention, though, to some of the big talkers of the day and some interesting uh, stories coming out of China in the last 24 hours. Obviously, they've got their big uh, Belt and Road Summit ongoing at the moment. Uh, a, A big party, if you like to celebrate one of its biggest experiments engaging with the world. It's the Belt and Road Initiative, the BRI. Officials and leaders from all over the globe are in Beijing to attend the high-level summit, marking the BRI's 10th anniversary. Participants expected uh, to show up from uh, all corners of the globe. Uh, Chinese media is awash with coverage of the achievements of Belt and Road to date, including a six-part documentary, which is being aired pretty much 24 hours on state TV at the moment. Um, which is all a bit strange because it all comes in light of the fact that the Chinese economy has not been delivering as expected uh, on the international scale since COVID, really. No, exactly. Coming out of COVID, Chinese numbers being watched very closely because of the size of the economy and and how much um, it chuntering along at a good pace means for everybody else. We've got Chinese GDP coming out tomorrow. It is being very closely watched. Uh, We've asked Jean Walters, economist at Emirates MBD, what they expect to see and why this piece of, of data, why these set of numbers are so important for the rest of the world. Markets are watching closely for the release of the Q3 Chinese GDP data due out early tomorrow morning. The GDP numbers will be released alongside other key economic data, including retail sales and industrial production. And investors a better understanding of whether the recent weakness we've seen in Chinese economic activity is beginning to subside. 
The outlook for China has important implications for global growth, both because of its outsized share of global GDP and because of its role as a key player in international trade and production chains. Now, one of those disappointing pieces of Chinese data that we saw in the last week was Chinese inflation, um, which came in fairly flat. You think that would be good. Most countries would welcome that at the moment. But what we've been looking for is signs of Chinese consumers spending. The other reason that people um, haven't been impressed with the golden week numbers either. However... Um, Other countries that are battling inflation are starting to get better numbers. New Zealand saw inflation fall to a two-year low. That's the latest numbers that I'm sure Labour would have liked before the election. Uh, We've got UK inflation data coming out today, and we have seen food prices easing off in the UK. So we've asked Jeanne this morning, is the inflation genie, for those who are having a problem with it, nearly back in the bottle? New Zealand consumer price inflation released this morning shows that inflation has slowed to a two-year low of 5.6% year-on-year in Q3 from 6% in Q2. This has led investors to reduce their bets for further rate hikes. We will also get inflation numbers for the UK tomorrow. Expectations are for headline inflation to fall to 6.6% year-on-year in September from 6.7% in August. Core inflation, which strips out volatile fuel and food prices, is expected to moderate slightly more, reaching 6% year-on-year from 6.2% in August. While inflation in these economies, along with price pressures in the US and Eurozone, are moving in the right direction, central banks across the globe will be wary of claiming victory just yet. The ECB, BOE and Fed have all been at pains to warn that they anticipate keeping rates at current levels for some time and that they will hike further if inflation rises once more. There you go. That's Jean Walters, economist at Emirates MBD. This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on DubaiEye1038.com. Tritex Global 2023 is underway right here in the city. And in line with that, there's a lot of uh, data out there uh, showing that there is a boom in the tech industry here in the region and specifically in Dubai. Integra 7, the Dubai-based consulting agency in partnership with WAMDA, the leading entrepreneurship empowerment platform for the MENA region. Uh, delighting to announce the release <clears throat> of the eagerly awaited Tech Talent in Dubai 2023 report. To tell us a bit more about it, we're joined live in studio now by the team from Integra. Uh, the managing director of Integra 7 is Natalia uh, Sichova, uh, who joins us live in studio. Natalia, lovely to see you. Thanks so much indeed for your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, Great to have you here. Uh, Congratulations on this first of its kind state of tech talent in Dubai, which I suppose fundamentally is looking whether this is still a land of opportunity for tech talent from around the world. What were the standout findings for you? Well, there is a plenty uh, of uh, insightful information that we uh, we aim to gather that will be useful for both for the policymakers, for the founders and the software engineers and the talent themselves, because we believe that uh, the talent, the tech talent is your ultimate currency when you as Dubai, as the ecosystem are, uh, is, are competing with uh, the global ecosystems around the world. And um, the common notion among all successful founders we interviewed is that uh, the demand for specialized tech talent is likely to exceed the supply and uh, today we are talking about this fundamental leap to the age of AI, moving to AI-enabled coding, uh, QA, building these sustainable technology solutions. But in order to do that, to make that leap, we need specialized talent, tech specialized talent. 
in in terms of the sort of the attraction, are we talking about the UAE as attraction, or is Dubai specifically uh, more attractive for a lot of those tech talent, tech talent, and tech entrepreneurs? Um, in our focus uh, was their successful entrepreneurs who have raised more than $1 million so far, and their companies are headquarters in Dubai and in the UAE. And the question that we were asking both the founders and software engineers, uh, what's their perception of Dubai? Is uh, Dubai and the UAE are conducive for attracting the talent or for you to relocate and find the job here if you are a top-notch specialist? And interestingly enough, uh, Dubai founders, uh, the common notion is that UAE is great from the perspective of attracting talent and from the regulatory perspective, which is a great testimony to the UAE federal government as well in terms of the visa regime, in terms of the business friendliness environment. But at the same time, it doesn't take away the challenges, these enormous challenges that the founders and technology companies are facing uh, in the wake of the global competition for the talent. So it's a, a, a justification for the policy perspective, uh, from the policy perspective. But to that talent thing, where, where's the talent coming from? Great question. Uh, Dubai entrepreneurs are extremely resourceful because they have to battle the rising cost of living. So they have to, have to optimize what do they do with the talent? Do they import the talent or do they keep the talent uh, in other markets? And according to our studies, only 10% of Dubai tech companies keeping their developers on the ground only in the UAE. And the 90% are actually having their tech leads and tech teams and tech centers located in the nearest countries, which is the Gulf countries, uh, India, Pakistan. Pakistan and the faraway markets, Eastern Europe, Balkans and uh, Sri Lanka. So tech companies are spreading themselves out here at the moment. So what you're saying there is they have satellite offices or they're using remote workers from other parts of the world? Uh, these are predominantly, and that's an important point, that uh, the most successful companies who made it with a funding, with a securing uh, funding from the investors are those who have developers on the payroll, but they keep those teams in those uh, development centres, their own development centres, across two to four markets around the world. How are companies here? If CEOs, CFOs, uh, CMOs are looking for new tech talent, how are they finding that talent at the moment? Great question. So far, uh, 30% of uh, companies are going to LinkedIn to paid uh, LinkedIn ads. At the same time, uh, many of the entrepreneurs are highlighting some of the challenges uh, in terms of the standards, because when they find the talent who claims to be the senior developer and they bring the person on the ground, then what they see is actually the level, the expectation is not, is not met, uh, because the person might be senior developer and engineer in his own country, but when he comes to Dubai, he cannot be senior engineer, he's rather junior. So uh, the second uh, source is the internal employee referrals. And this is something we highly recommend to the founders and entrepreneurs to look early in their uh, journey, because if you introduce that internal uh, employee referral scheme, you potentially could power the employee growth for the next five years easily uh, if you support your employees to bring the best tech talent uh, onwards. With that demand at the moment, and as you mentioned earlier, the supply demand issues that may well arise in the near future, how's that reflecting on tech salaries at the moment? Uh, are, they, are the candidates here sort of calling the shots? 
Uh, there is an interesting dynamic and observation among the founders who are dealing with hiring software engineers, both those located in Dubai and those located outside. Um, there are interesting observations that the people who have lived in Dubai for some time, they have high expectations when it comes to joining the startup company, which obviously the founders cannot afford. They are bootstrapping. They are uh, very dry with liquidity. So, uh, And therefore, uh, the entrepreneurs have to be uh, resourceful and creative in terms of what they what else they can offer to attract the great talent. And among the most um, working and most impactful perks uh, that founders are offering, it's uh, flexibility, remote work, um, health insurance, not only for the uh, un- for the talent, but for the families. It comes as a number one sought after benefit that uh, engineers are looking for. And last but not least, it's opportunity to get the shares in the company where you work for. And that's why the notion and the concept of ESOP is becoming more and more popular among the founders and entrepreneurs that they can uh, provide a mix of the salary, cash, and the opportunity to become the shareholders in their companies. Is retention key here when you get hold of the right talent to hold on to that talent? Uh, retention is very costly. That, that, so 25% of quarter, quarter of founder time is going to the matters, including the retention. And the good and the bad news, uh, the bad news that uh, the attrition rate in the tax sector in Dubai uh, is higher than the national average, if we look at different industries, but we are still uh, lower than, let's say, uh, in the economies uh, of the Silicon Valley or the US, which means that uh, there is more stability and predictability for both, for the talent and for the uh, for the for the founders as well and when it comes to retention uh, again entrepreneurs are going out of their way uh, to be more flexible and one thing that's important if you want to keep the great tech talent with you rotate give the opportunity challenge them give them opportunity to work on different projects uh, give them opportunity to uh, learn and utilize the new software and also be very candid and transparent of what's next in your company to ensure the loyalty is there in order to maintain this and to continue making this a hub for global talent to come to the UAE, what's what's essential to happen here? Do we need more public-private initiatives? Uh, we strongly believe in, that in the impact of the private-public partnerships that can foster both the academia and the real technology world uh, sector collaboration, that we see more software engineers coming from the local universities on the one hand. Yeah. On the other hand, we have identified a number of areas f- from the uh, legislative perspective that could be slightly enhanced that would have the ripple effect uh, in supporting the technology founders. And last but not least, it's responsibility of the founders and entrepreneurs to be to educate it, to stay um, uh, up to date and get that, absorb that advice from those founders who have made it to avoid the costly mistakes. And this is hope. Hopefully our report will uh, will achieve and make uh, the progress across all these three areas for improvements. It's the State of Tech Talent in Dubai report. It's just been released by the team from Integra 7 along with WAMDA. We thank their managing director, Natalia Sichova, for joining us live in studio. Natalia, thank you. Thank you very much. Jitex Global. The biggest tech event in 2023. Producer Mohamed Suleiman has been down on the floor at Jitex, speaking to one of the biggest companies in the pandemic. Zoom, uh, the company that became a verb during COVID. Uh, What are they doing now and how do they keep themselves relevant in a back-to-work or even a hybrid environment? Uh, Mohammed's been speaking to Frederick Maris. He is the head for this region, EMEA, at Zoom Video Communications. Hey guys, I'm down here at Jitex Global. I'm joined by Frederick Maris, who is the head of Europe, Middle East and Africa 
at Zoom. Frederick, thank you for joining me today. Thank you to be here, Mohammed. Two and a half years ago, everyone was using Zoom. We had Zoom birthday parties, Zoom meetings, Zoom events as well. Things have changed now. People are back in the office. What has that meant for Zoom as a business? Well, first of all, I, I would argue that still a lot of people are using Zoom uh, today because our revenue is actually, you know, we, there's many of these companies that have really gone up and then gone down. That's not the case with us, but we've changed our, let's say our product portfolio completely because we used to be a company that was only doing meetings and I think our reputation, it's a blessing and it's a curse because everybody knows us for meetings, but nobody knows us for what we actually really do. And that's a, a full platform for the hybrid uh, work that, that, is, that is basically taking place today. What are you seeing in terms of demand from your, your customers here? What do businesses here in the UAE want when it comes to Zoom? Um, I think that uh, the, the, the Middle East is really open for technology. And, and, and trying to actually lead and, and, and really grasping everything that we have. So there's, there's, a, lot of, um, there's a lot of openness and willingness uh, to, to, to look at the, the, the whole uh, platform, the whole portfolio. And I think uh, part of it is also interesting because it's so multicultural, so many languages, that especially we've got so many capabilities to translation and, 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 and uh, captioning and everything that, that it just makes it really easy for people even I've heard um, some customers using Zoom where, they, where they're physically in a meeting, but they put Zoom on because then they can, they can get the uh, translations across for different people. How do you make people take that step from having that free version of Zoom that I think most of us have um, to actually getting a paid version with all these other add-ons to it? Well, that's where you, you, need to, you need to sit down with your customer. You need to understand what they're actually trying to achieve. And, and what is it from a customer engagement perspective? What is it from an employee engagement perspective? And if you start to understand uh, how do they uh, work? Are they still fully high? I mean, are they still fully remote? Are they coming back into the office? Or are they are they hybrid? Um, and and how do you maintain that that engagement with customers? How do you make people feel uh, part of something when they're in the office, but half of the people are not in the office because? That's usually what happens these days. I mean, it's, it's very rare that you've got everybody in one room or yeah. everybody on Zoom. So all these kind of things is what you need to understand. And when you, when you get that and, and you start to have those conversations, it's really people's eyes, they just completely light up and they're like, whoa, we didn't need, know you did that, right? Yeah. So it's, it's for us, it's, it's actually getting out to customers and then getting the opportunity or, or, or somehow being able to show them everything that we can do. Let's talk about AI, um, one of the buzzwords that's happening these days and one of the themes of Jitex as well this year. How is Zoom using AI to enhance its services for its customers? Well, we've, we've, we're basically integrated across the platform in many different areas, um, but that's something that already started a couple of years ago. But I think it's definitely becoming much more pr uh, prevalent right now. So I'll, I'll give you one example. If you, um, if you come late for a meeting, for instance, um, instead of having to stop and ask, and can we redo and everything, now you can just go into the meeting summary and say, hey, you know, read, catch up on those important things. Or for instance, at the end of the meeting, you know, instead of having to go through the whole transcript of reading everything, can we get the summary? Um, but like uh, another area, which, which I think is a pretty cool feature, if you come into the office, we have workspace reservations, for instance, and um, you want to know that you, or, or you, you basically want to sit together with the people you're working with. So AI basically gives you suggestions on, hey, 
you know, you've got these meetings today, why don't you go sit in, in this room or in this area or in this uh, floor so that you can really start to, you know, get, get that engagement, which is really what, what people want. Finally, Frederick, um, just looking forward, um, what are some of your bold predictions for this space, this video platforming, video communication space going forward? What are some of the, some of the trends that are really going to shape your industry in the next couple of years? I, this, this, you know, I get asked that question so many times. I don't think anybody could have predicted from two years ago to where we stand today. When I was at um, Zoomtopia last week, no, two weeks ago, sorry. And um, we, we basically presented our, and, and we, we gave a demo of, of, of a day in, you know, just a day at work. And it's, it's just incredible all the things you see there. So I don't think anybody could have predicted from two years ago to where we stand today. So I'd almost argue it's even more difficult to say where we're going to be in two years. Um, but I, I can almost, you know, see these virtual meetings where, you know, with, with, with VR, you're going to see, and, and it's not going to be these, these ugly, you know, big glasses, but, you know, maybe normal glasses where you're going to see people sitting around you and, and being able to communicate. And then with automatic uh, uh, workflow uh, systems um, where, you know, the next day you're going to get a little update on, hey, you know, we agreed uh, Mohammed said, I, I need to, uh, this is due to Mohammed by tomorrow. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's really automating work, making it easy, making you much more productive, which is in the end what we need in these days. Fantastic, Frederick, thank you so much for your time. Frederick Meris is the head of EMEA for Zoom. Back over to you guys in the studio. Producer Mohammed Salomon down there on the floor at Jitex. Georgia Tolly has been down there as well. The show, of course, this year is massive, uh, taking over not just the traditional halls of Jitex, but spreading out into the harbour as well. Tax Tuesdays on the Business Breakfast. With VirtuZone, get tax ready for free at taxready.ie. Right, we have a new tax segment here on the Business Breakfast uh, that's going to run over the coming weeks. And VirtuZone, as you've just heard there, has a new tax offer for small and medium businesses. Uh, they want to take the payment part away, basically, to find out more about that and why the Free Zone is giving away millions of dirhams worth of tax advice. We are speaking to John Casey this morning. He's the General Manager of Accounting and Tax at VirtuZone. John, good morning. It's lovely to see you. Morning, thank you. Tell me what VirtuZone's doing here. So we have pledged to get 10,000 companies tax ready for free. Why are you doing that? Um, so the startup, the small, the micro business segment of the economy has always been you know, at, at the core of what, what VirtuZone does. Um, we had, you know, I've, I've interacted with probably thousands of, of small businesses uh, in the last six months. What we found is there is a huge lack of awareness um, or, or misunderstanding of what's required. And so we thought, okay, how can we address that? Let's go out and give them all a, you know, a real helping hand and, uh, and do it for free. Okay, so let's break that down a little bit. What do you mean first off by tax ready? So every company needs to register. They all need to have, or they all need to be keeping proper accounting records and they'll all need to file a tax return, right? So to get them ready, what we're going to do is we are going to get them registered for corporate tax. We're going to give them three months of free accounting services. And we're also going to give them a bit of comfort and security because we're also providing this compliance zero penalty guarantee. So if you're our client, you know, 
you don't need to worry about penalties. You get any, you get any penalties for missing a deadline or something, we'll pay that for you. Okay, we'll dig into that a little bit later because yeah, yeah, that's sure. quite the, the promise. But let's yeah. look first at who is eligible for this. Is it just Virtue's own registered companies? No, no, it's, it's, it's open to, to everyone. It's, it's really focused on those, you know, those startups, those, the small businesses that, that might not have the budget to, to go and hire their own accountant. And certainly, you know, might not have the budget to go to, to a big, expensive firm. So I could be not just an onshore company, but I could be registered with a competing free zone and you'd still offer this to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What are you counting as a, a small business? Um, I mean, we're, there's no strict definition of that, right? So, you know, we're, we're, again, it's it's really aimed at the, the businesses that uh, that don't have those budgets, that can't go, afford to go out and spend a lot you know, to, to hire an accountant or, or spend a lot on a big firm. Um, so anyone really who, who needs that help, you know, we're, we're going to get them set up for free. And those that aren't already registered? Yeah, so 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 most companies aren't yet registered is what we've found. Um, and, and that leads back to that lack of awareness. So many, especially free zone companies, we're finding think that they, they don't need to register, which is not the case. They all need to register. E- even companies that have not a single dirham of revenue, they still need to register and they'll need to file a tax return. So how does someone actually make themselves available for your free tax advice? What do they need to do? It's, it's very easy. They just go to taxready.ae and follow the very simple instructions, upload some documents and we take care of the rest. Okay, so what are you actually putting into this? How much is this costing Virtue Zone to do this? Uh, it's around 50 million dirhams that we're investing to do this. So... This is 10,000 packages and they're worth 5,000 dirhams each. So, so it's a huge commitment. It was a pretty, obviously a very large, you know, very big decision to make, but we thought it was worth it. So you're basically taking on 10,000 free tax clients. How many people have you had to hire to make sure that you're staffed up enough to do that? Uh, <laughs> put it this way, we have hired, we have, we have just rented a much larger new office uh, that, is, that has just been finished. So... Um, you know, we're getting up close to probably 100 staff that are, that are now looking after this. Okay, so that's quite the overhead for Virtue Zone. Yeah. What happens at the end of that three months? Do you just let these companies loosen to the tax savannah or are you hoping that they will continue to be your clients? I mean, obviously we are hoping that they will continue to be our clients and, and we are so confident in the quality and the price point of our, you know, of our ongoing service that, that we believe that the majority will stay with us as clients. But to be very clear, at the end of three months, if someone wants to go and you know, invest the money and, and spend a lot more and hire an accountant or try and learn it all to do it themselves, that's absolutely fine. You know, happy to have helped. They're on their way and they're set up. No hard feelings. Uh, you know, again, we're just happy to have helped. What can you tell me about your fees going forward post that three-month period? Sure. So, so for, a, um, for, a, uh, for, for example, a company that has zero revenue, Right, so so not a single dirham of revenue. It's a very straightforward thing. We're talking about, you know, eighteen hundred dirhams, maybe, for, and that's for the entire year to be to be covered. For a large, ongoing business, right? Oh, sorry, sorry. For for an active business, right? Your standard small active business, we're talking about less than five hundred dirhams a month. So that's a lot cheaper than someone who wants to go and hire an accountant, you know, in, in monthly salary. Tell me also about this pledge that you guys have got, that if anyone gets fined for not hitting the, the deadlines, you're going to pick up the penalty. How far does that guarantee go? What does it cover? 
So, so what it, what it covers is, and just to put it in context, you know, we've invested so much in systems and controls that we are, you know, extremely confident that we will have all of our clients managed to all the correct deadlines, have all the filings done correctly. So, you know, we back ourselves to to meet that. Now, obviously, it doesn't cover if you uh, if you go and commit fraud and, and uh, give us the wrong the wrong information or submit the wrong details to the FTA. That's a that's a different matter. But you know, all of that compliance stuff, we have complete confidence. Um, that we can cover it all. Why do you think um, that there are small businesses that haven't registered? Because there's certainly been enough noise about tax. It's not like we don't know um, that it's happening. Why do you think people haven't got their tax ducks in a row? Oh, I, I think I think there's 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 two parts. I think there is a lack of awareness still, despite all the the noise. Right, and uh, specifically, I think there's lack of awareness in certain areas or certain segments. So the free zone part is a big one. So the question I keep getting is, you know, well, I'm registered in free zone B, so I thought it didn't apply to me. And we just need to put that argument to rest, right? Every free zone company does need to do something, right? They all need to register. Same as those companies that have got zero revenue, they think, well, I'm not going to be paying tax, so that means I don't have to do anything, right? And that's just not the case. You need to prove if you're not paying tax. So... What about the the freelancers, the sole agents who have got various um, licences around town? Are they a eligible under your your scheme, um, and where do they fit into the big tax menagerie? Sure. They, so so they they are eligible for our scheme, but where they are a individual, where it's where it's a sole trader, there's no separate legal entity. Um, there is a slightly different rule that applies. So they only have to register when their revenue hits a million dirhams. So they can still, by all means, they're welcome to, to you know, to use our help. Um, but there is a slightly different thing where there's no separate company, where there's no separate legal entity. Okay, so you're aiming for 10,000 free clients for your new tax services. What happens if you're oversubscribed? Um, well, we've we've I think we've built enough capacity to get a little bit extra, but you know we really we want to aim on the you know aim at the first ten thousand. We're counting them down. Um, I think once we get to ten thousand, we'll, we'll take stock. But um, you know I, I think if you want to get one of these packages, you better get in in the first ten thousand because it's no guarantee we'll go beyond that. Well, thanks for joining us this morning for the first of what actually will be a new tax segment because, as John said there, there's quite a lot uh, to be discussed on the tax front still. John Casey is the General Manager of Accounting and Tax at Virtues. Only sounds like a man who's now got 100 employees under his watch uh, talking to us about Virtues Own's uh, new initiative, A, to become a provider of tax services, but also um, to offer free tax-ready services for 10,000 SMEs. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks for having me. Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite Size Business Breakfast. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.